0: Back to another episode of Energy Central Insights, the official podcast of Energy Central. Located in New York City, I'm your host, Jason Price, Community Engagement Ambassador for Energy Central. Joining is my colleague Matt Chester, Community Manager, located in Orlando, Florida. Hi, Matt. Hi, Jason. Thrilled to be back here with you
1: again and uh, dive into some some interesting energy and utility topics.
0: Terrific. Since 1995, Energy Central has been a trusted news and information source for professionals working in the power industry. Today, Energy Central is more than just a news source. Energy Central is a network of community groups focused on specific topics in the industry. Our managed communities are a place where professionals like you can come together to share, learn, and connect in a collaborative environment. We invite you to become a member, if you haven't already, and join 200,000 other professionals working in the power industry. To join, visit www.energycentral.com, and membership is free. As a reminder, the Energy Central Insights Podcast format is simple. You, the Energy Central community, determine our guests based on the most popular, timely, and relevant articles posted by our community members. For anyone posting in the community... Be prepared. You may be the next one asked to join us on the podcast stage to discuss your work, your ideas, and your perspective. It's great to be back. If you listened to our previous show, we talked with Dan Yerman, who covered nearly 40 years of work in the nuclear energy industry. Dan has posted many articles at Energy Central, but it was his nuclear chili recipe that drove us to have him on the show. Today, we won't be talking food, but leadership with a lens toward the utility industry. With us is Lincoln Blevins, Assistant General Manager, Power Supply for Burbank Water and Power. Lincoln has been a member of Energy Central since 2014, has 29 items posted, and has received over 10,000 views of his work on the platform. He brings an impressive and eclectic academic background where he studied in Kenya and Nanjing, China. He received his BA from Kenyon College and a JD from Northwestern University. Lincoln Blevins, Welcome to Energy Central Insights. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Lincoln, two articles on Energy Central captured a lot of reader interest. Both articles discussed the topic of leadership, one with the cute title, Water Skiing with Winston Churchill, and the other, A Career in Leadership Roles. Please share with our listeners the role you serve at Burbank Water and Power, and why did you choose to write about the topic of leadership at the utilities?
2: Sure. Um, I'm, I'm lucky to cover a lot of ground here at BWP. Uh, I cover long-term planning and procurement all the way up to real-time power plant and power system operations. I'm also in charge of our award-winning EcoCampus campus uh, here in Burbank, which has lead platinum buildings and uh, sophisticated water capture and renewable energy technologies, green roofs. Uh, really a showcase for what you can do from a sustainability standpoint in industrial architecture. Uh, BWP is a a very successful, progressive, and vertically integrated California municipal utility. We have a very sophisticated customer base, including uh, the Warner Brothers lot, the Disney lot, biggest Ikea in North America. Uh, Nickelodeon is literally right across the street uh, from our, our office. And a whole lot of very sophisticated, very progressive uh, residential customers. So there's really never a dull moment. Um, I I chose to to speak, uh, to write about leadership, um, because it's really the secret sauce in the success of any organization. Um, And I found that, as you mentioned, I've got a a very eclectic uh, academic and professional background, and... Uh, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm blessed with a, a viewpoint that resonates with a lot of people. Um, you could be more cynical, though, and say, you know, folks, folks love what I do because I tend to distill down things to two, three, or four minutes, as opposed to uh, you know, 300-page business books. So, um, but it is, it's a, it's a great joy for me, and um, something that I think every every single person takes things differently, different things resonate with different people. Um, You can get the same point across to different people in different ways. Often you have to. And so to be able to add to that conversation and find an audience is, is really gratifying.
0: Fantastic. As it relates to the utility industry, what does leadership look like? And if you can share with us how it may differ from other industries.
2: You know that's a moving target, um, especially over the last five years ago, or five years or so. Um, the industry is undergoing uh, fundamental changes. I'm convinced that the electricity industry, the utility industry, will change more in the next decade than it has in the last century. Uh, more in the more change in the next 10 years than we've seen in the last hundred. And it's um, it varies state to state, varies utility to utility, but I think a lot of utility industry leaders are struggling to recognize that, let alone adapt to it. Um, you know, when you've done something this more or less the same way for 100 years, it's difficult to get out of that rut. Um, but because of that change, um, you know, that old school utility leadership style. Um, which was very, it used to be very distinct from unregulated industries. And I, I have a, a lot of pirate, private sector background. I was about to say pirate sector, but that isn't quite true. Uh, private sector background. Um, um, we really need to uh, lean in and, frankly, from a leadership perspective and a management perspective, look a lot like. Uh, a lot more like the uh, the regular business world, the, the private sector business world. That's mindset, uh, process and procedure systems, you name it. Um, the thing that I keep coming back to is that, you know, we have these monopolies. Often these monopolies are over 100 years old. But at the end of the day, they're really only the stroke of a pen. And if we don't keep up with our customers and their wants and needs, um, they're going to find different ways uh, – get to get their power so we have to uh, really have to change not just the way we do business but the way we look at business
1: lincoln if if i can chime in with a follow-up question here even within the utility industry you mentioned at burbank you have some unique factors in the the type of customers you have both in the size that they are and you know with particularly progressive residential customers who Maybe have different wants or needs than elsewhere in the country. Does does that shape how uh, you think Burbank's utilities will specifically respond compared with, with other utilities across the country or across the world? And does that change what type of leadership is needed?
2: I think it does. We we tend to be on the cutting edge. You know, California, Hawaii, um, New York since Sandy. And I actually lived in New York during Sandy. I, I, I drove out here um, and moved out here literally right after the power came back on in my house in New York. Um, you have some some states and some utilities that are moving much faster. I think there are a lot uh, of utilities that are waiting and waiting and seeing. But it in many cases it comes down to utilities like Burbank Water and Power who are the ones they're waiting on uh, so that they can see how it works out for us. Um, because we're trying to lean in to the changes that are occurring, both in the power system and in our customers' wants and needs, um, we find ourselves on um, on maybe not on the cutting edge of things, but uh, very often on the front edge of things. Um, so a,
1: a willingness to be the test bed.
2: Uh, the test bed or at least uh, a, a very early adopter and n- not because you know we're 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 thrilled with shiny objects i think that's a that's a rabbit hole that we all have to avoid but um you know we we're trying to find solutions uh with a uh, perhaps a, a, a more uh, a more open mind than than utility leaders have, have taken uh, have uh, historically had
0: You know, utilities are unlike most other businesses in the United States. Utilities are regulated monopolies. There's no competition to change how they operate. Utilities have a product that is essential to life and not something you can do without. There's the equity aspect of keeping it affordable. The public well-being aspect of keeping it reliable. The public good aspect of keeping it environmental. With those aspects in mind... Are there great go-to examples for leadership in the utility sector or case studies you could draw from? Who's doing it right? Who's doing it better than others? What common threads do you find among utility leaders?
2: Well, I, I think um, you know, so far, uh, and I say that very intently, so far Burbank Water and Power uh, is seems to be doing it very, very well. Uh, our rates are pretty much as low as they get in Southern California. Our reliability is uh, in the top uh, in the entire country and we're ahead of where the state of California needs us to be in terms of renewable energy and sustainability. But it's really it's really, I think, too early to tell Um, because the old model is less and less relevant. um, We don't really have the luxury of hindsight yet. Um, The jury is still out just because the facts on the ground are changing uh, so rapidly and in in a lot of ways, in in ways that we we can't quite predict. So but I I think the the, the common leadership threads, though, are very similar to uh, those who have come before us in terms of going from highly regulated businesses to less regulated businesses. I'm thinking about the U.S. airline industry, the U.S. telecom industry um, that used to be very, very, very heavily regulated. And everybody says they were deregulated. They weren't deregulated. They were they're just more lightly regulated. But um, they really had to face uh, private sector pressures, uh, market pressures for the first time. So I think those are very, very, very good examples that we need to look to. Um, but as we do that, as we look at our own businesses, I think there's a whole lot of proactive challenging that needs to go on, whether it's our historic assumptions. um, We need to, to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, so to speak. And ultimately, and this goes back to the monopoly, you know, we have to realize that any business, including the electricity, electric utility business starts and ends with the customer. And that used to be the case. Less directly, it kind of started and ended with the regulator, and um, you made the customer happy so that you could make the regulator happy. Um, that just we, the, the customers have too many options now, and their technology mm-hmm. and regulatory change are going to continue to expand those options. So, as utilities move forward, um, you know, looking at those historic assumptions. Uh, don't tell me that this is the way we've always done it and therefore it's the right way to do it. Let's challenge that. And let's really listen. Um, Let's really listen to our customers um, and see where they're headed. Um, I think about our big customers, many of whom are global companies. And yeah, they have sustainability uh, goals in Burbank, but they also have aggregate sustainability goals worldwide. And how can Burbank Water and Power be be a partner in that uh, as opposed to an impediment to that? How can we be a positive force in uh, Disney or Warner Brothers or Ikea's global sustainability effort, including Burbank, as opposed to um, uh, a drag or or even being neutral in that regard? We really have to listen to them.
0: That's a great segue into what I wanted to uh I'll follow up with next and that is that right. I agree with you that the relationship between the utility and the customer has been very binary traditionally. They power energy, they bill you, you call them when there's no energy or there's the lights aren't going on. And that relationship has changed. It's also a factor of how the utilities are with its employees as well as its customers. So talk for a moment if you may about the leadership from a personal level within the industry, how is that changing? Has it changed? What are again? What are some shining stars in the utility marketplace that demonstrate this? And love to hear you know your your perspective on how how far it still needs to go.
2: Um, yeah, I'll I'll start I'll start at the end. It, it, I think it still has uh, quite a ways to go. And I'll you know when you think about leadership, ultimately your utility. Is as good as its employees. Um, you can have all the resources in the world. You can have all the um, uh, um, you know balance sheet in the world, but if you don't have employees who um, are each each one of them leaning into the challenges and solving problems for customers and challenging assumptions, um, you're you're not going to succeed. And one of the things that I'm finding is, as a 52 year old um, I, I cringe when I admit that, but um, a bald 52 year old is that, you know, as, as we're hiring, we have to think about hiring differently. We have to think about recruitment differently. We have to think about professional development and coaching and uh, retention differently uh, about motivations differently. Um, the folks that, that, the younger folks that I've been uh, talking to and hiring are much more mission-driven. And I'm, I'm thrilled that that lines up with what we do here at BWP, but we have to communicate that and we have to reinforce, it, reinforce that. We have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Um, and more broadly, we have to do that with our stakeholders too, our policymakers, our, our, our public, our advocacy groups, um, that communication Especially around sustainability is absolutely—it's no longer nice to have. It's—it's it's absolutely core to our business. And again, it's communicating it, you know, talking the talk uh, at, at every single opportunity, as well as um, you know, walking the walk in terms of how you run your business, from power supply to you know, uh, plastic. Uh, cutlery in in the, the kitchen in the basement. Um, literally, everything is a sustainability decision, and you have to embrace that as opposed to seeing it either as a burden or as, as merely a compliance activity. People, people see through that immediately, and um, that's not good for anybody. Agreed. Lincoln, you know,
0: the, the utility industry is rapidly changing, and policy and regulations certainly the climate and the entire grid modernization movement is changing the entire dynamics of the utility business practice and this of course affects leaders today's leaders and future leaders to anyone listening who has an aspiration of working in the utilities how does one stay ahead of these changes how should they be prepared for these changes and what other steps would you recommend these leaders take or future leaders take as they enter into the utility business?
2: Well, I think um, I I start with the assumption that um, the core of the utility business going forward is sustainability. Um, And I I, I put resilience as a subset of sustainability, but call it it sustainability and resilience. Those things are fundamental uh, going forward. We are not only and a a service and a product that folks rely on to be sustainable and resilient, but we also have our enabling uh, element. Electricity is an enabling element in the sustainability and resilience of all, of pretty much every other sector of society and and the economy. Um, You know, we saw that with the Northern California wildfires where, uh, you know, folks are trying to do the right thing by buying electric cars but um, which, you know, transportation is is by far the largest portion of greenhouse gases in in the state of California. But at the same time, if the electric grid isn't resilient enough and the the wildfires prove that, um, then how do you drive your electric car and how do you keep the economy moving and how do you keep society moving? So I I think you you really need to embrace sustainability and resilience at the core. But at the same time, the the physics and the process of producing and transmitting and distributing and metering electricity are, are still the same. So, I get a lot of uh, uh, younger people who know me ask me, You know, you're doing such cool stuff. How do I get a job in sustainability? And my, my answer is always that, uh, you know, it's every job is a, is a sustainability job. Um, if you're going to be, you could join a utility. Um, as, as a as a line mechanic and there are huge sustainability aspects to that uh, do you um, stick with your old diesel bucket truck or do you go to a hybrid or even an all-electric bucket truck um, how do you use your tools how do you use the materials that you use uh, in your job um, so i would i i encourage utilities in general but also employees and, and potential employees To to really think about their job, thinking about being great at it, but also think about it, every decision that they make um, as as having a sustainability element. I think the the other part, and this is a little bit higher level, is, um, you know, going back to challenging those assumptions. Uh, Those of us in the utility industry have historically compared ourselves to others in the utility industry, and we've got to get past that. Um, when we think about customer service, I don't want to just think about the best utility customer service. I want to think about Amazon. I want to think about uh, USAA. If you've ever dealt with them, it's, it's like dealing. you, you It's like uh, every no matter who you reach on the phone at USAA, it's like talking to your mother's really knowledgeable best friend. Um, it's just extraordinary how good at that they are. When we look at safety, safety. Um, Let's not just look at utility safety. Let's look at airlines. Let's look at hospitals. Let's look at other high-risk industries. How can we benchmark ourselves against the best and reach for that as opposed to just benchmarking ourselves within our little uh, utility bubble? And that really goes back to challenging those assumptions. How can we do the core work better, and how can we do it with more sustainability and greater resilience?
1: Lincoln, I'm glad you mentioned the companies outside of utilities and, and comparing yourself to them. Uh, and I wanted to bring that back to what you mentioned previously about recruiting and, and trying to ex- express the mission-driven nature of your your utility to any new talent that you try to attract and retain. You know, how do you find, how, how do you compete with Other attractive, let's say, startups, tech companies, clean tech innovators, especially being in California. How do you as a utility stay ahead and compete for the top leaders and the top talent in in that field?
2: I uh, you you, that is the 60. When I was a kid, it was the sixty four thousand dollar question. Now I think it's a sixty four million dollar question. That is something that we agonize over and work towards every single day, you know, um, utilities, as I said, there's so much going on in the utility industry and it is so core to what the, the the future needs to look like from a sustainability and a resilience standpoint, but utilities are still utilities. You know, we, we can't pay, especially in in the public sector where I am, we can't pay what, um, the tech companies can pay. Um, on the other hand, you know we we have uh, probably more job security, certainly things like pensions. But you know, if you're 20, when I was 25, I, I wasn't thinking about those things. Or I was even 30 or 35, uh, I wasn't thinking about those things. So it's it's a real challenge. And one of the reasons that that I get out, I, I write so much, and I get out and speak so much at all sorts of different conferences is. One, I enjoy it, uh, but and I love talking to smart people about about complex things. But it's also an opportunity for me, uh, selfishly, to spread the word about the really cool stuff we're doing here at Burbank Water and Power, and try to get people excited. And it's it's worked. Uh, people hear about it firsthand, and they say, you know what? Um, they're doing really cool things. I love the mission. Um, and they're doing it in a, in a really interesting environment, our eco-campus and this very progressive community that we serve. And, you know what, I'm willing to trade the the salary and the glamour of a tech company job uh, for the ability to have probably a better work-life balance. But also be involved in this really core, um, uh, you know, existential commodity for the economy and the society, um, that sense of service to the community is very important, but um, it's a, it's an ongoing challenge. We need to position ourselves as the employer of choice for the best and the brightest, because that's that's who we need to make the electric utility uh, what it needs to be to support the societies and economies of the future. Um, in, 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 this, in this age of climate change that we're
0: in. Those are wonderful words, Lincoln, and I'm sure that that will connect, connect and resonate with many of our listeners, particularly newcomers to the industry. With that said, I want to thank Lincoln Blevins, Assistant General Manager of Power Supply for Burbank Water and Power. Lincoln, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you should they want to follow up directly?
2: Um, you know, the, the great advantage of of having a name like Lincoln Blevins uh, if you can spell it is that uh, I'm really easy to Google um, uh, my dad's name is John and he uh, he named me Lincoln on purpose so I wouldn't blend in as much um, but uh, you know I'm very active on, on LinkedIn and on Twitter um, Twitter is, is at Blevins so at B-L-E-V-E-A-N-S and um, I would encourage folks to re- reach out I, I absolutely love connecting, you know, with great people and great ideas. Um, That, to me, is the joy of of waking up in the morning and going to work. So uh, I would love to hear from people.
0: Fantastic. Next, have you ever wondered what is fueling NASA's space labs and all those private satellites for extended periods of time? It's not a trip to the local gas station. Be sure to join us on the next podcast where we bring fuel cell technology back down to Earth. I also want to thank our contributing partners of Energy Central. ESRI, the Environmental System Research Institute. ESRI is an international supplier of geographic information systems, software, and geodatabase management applications. Thank you to Navigant Research, a premier market research and advisory firm covering the global energy transformation. To Oracle Utilities, providing best-in-class utilities, management solutions to improve reliability, service, and safety for electric, water, and natural gas companies. To Atonix Digital, a Black & Veatch company. Atonix Digital Software helps companies simplify asset performance management by putting data to work. And lastly, Bentley Systems, a software development company that supports the professional needs of those responsible for creating and managing the world's infrastructure projects. Once again, I'm your host, Jason Price, along with my colleague, Matt Chester. Stay plugged into the discussion by joining the community at energycentral.com and see you next time on our podcast at Energy Central Insights.